Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. Welcome back, folks. We're going to be discussing another Auburn Tigers basketball loss. Yes, you heard me right. We are now officially in a losing streak. My name is Kyle Lunas, Editor-in-Chief of the ETC Network. Uh, we are going to try to make some sense of what just happened for the Tigers having a losing streak for the first time in that I can remember and quite well since back to last season here. The Tigers fall to the South Carolina Gamecocks in Columbia, South Carolina by the score of 80-77. to That brings their overall record to 13-5 and on the year and the SEC record 2-3. and To make some sense of this, break down all the news, discussion, topics, all of that here, I brought in my friend, co-host, Mr. Clint Richardson of the Auburn Uniform Database. Clint, uh, this is an odd feeling. We haven't had to worry about losing streaks in quite some time. I quit. You quit? I, quit. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm done. I'm done. How about I can't this? Do it anymore, Kyle. Can we just quit going to South Carolina, to Columbia? What? <laughs> Can we just quit? Did you literally just leave the room? Yeah, I, I threw my <laughs> headphones and left. So <laughs> I thought you had had enough time to calm down by now. That's uh, the drama for the show. Well, how about this? As bad as this game seems, you know, I let me just take a step back here. I feel like there's been a couple of games because usually the losses we've had, the five of them, have been pretty bad. It's been terrible play. The Kentucky game, you kind of take that out of there. Uh, they that That's something in and of itself where both teams had good and bad moments in it, but it was a great game overall. But the other four losses that Auburn has had during this season, I feel like personally, I don't know if you agree, have just been, God, they've been awful. Yeah, it, it's just not Auburn playing Auburn basketball in these losses. And, you know, they, they show really good segments of, you know, progressing, but then they just regress part of the game as well. And, you know, it, even if it just evens out, it's not good enough to win games against talented teams. And it's just really frustrating that this team almost has to get a running start that they're taking 5, 10, 15 minutes into a game to get going and to make it competitive. I mean, Auburn was down, what, um, 11 in the first half, and it looked like it was just going to be a blowout the way South Carolina was playing. And, you know, hey, don't don't spot an opponent 10 points out of the gate, and we might not be having this kind of discussion. No, I agree with that because it just always feels like that we let a team get out to 17 back to Kentucky, 11 here. And even still, the frustrating part is Auburn mounts an incredible comeback again to take a lead going into half. So while it's pretty much a 0-0 game from that point, you got to feel that Auburn had the momentum going into it, even being on the road. 
and then they kind of do the same thing again to in the game. They they let him get a lead, come back again. It's it would be nice if, especially on the road, if we could just go in and just punch someone in the mouth and make them fight their way back, use their home court advantage to that effect as opposed to keeping us down. So there are a lot of things to discuss in terms of why this has happened. And I do want to bring up a question, though, that we've had um, asked in our Auburn Discussions group, which is a Facebook group where we kind of act as a forum for anybody who wants to get in there and have discussions. Uh, So from time to time, we're going to let anyone who is part of those discussions in there Um, Maybe we'll take a question or a comment from there. So Gabe Allen, so shout out for him here. He asked something during our game thread that I thought is pertinent to the way Auburn fans are feeling about this right now. So the question is, and I'll pose this to you, Clint, did we and the team just buy into the hype of the program going into the season or things as bad as they look? I kind of added something on there, but basically, did we and the team just buy into the hype? No. Things are not nearly as bad as they seem, and I don't know. I really don't know if it's an Auburn fan thing or just a social media thing. But <clears throat> when games turn out this way, regardless of what sport it is at this point, Auburn fans there's a there's a group of people that seem to have a chicken little sky is falling attitude that. Gus Malzahn is the worst person to ever have stepped foot on Auburn's campus, that Bruce Pearl should be fired, that <laughs> nothing's going right, and it's a mentality that I can't stand. It's the most pessimistic thing in the world. <clears throat> I, I think that I'm more realistic in my thinking than that. I don't think things are great right now, but I do think that this Auburn team can still finish this season strong. Looks like we're probably out of the running for a regular season title. But as we saw last year, it doesn't really do a whole lot. Just gets you a t-shirt and a banner. Um, But there's still a lot of opportunity for Auburn to play well. And I think that's just the frustrating part is these losses in the last couple of games just haven't been played well. And Austin Wiley being out has really hurt. Um, It's hurt the depth, absolutely. Uh, Anthony and Horace just seem to have been gotten bullied underneath lately, especially in this game. Foul calls and whatever it was, rightfully or not, is against the point. Chuma continues to struggle shooting. He can't hit a three-pointer to save his life. I can't tell you the last time I watched a talented basketball player like Chuma Okiki hit the side of the backboard (laughs) with a wide-open three-pointer. It was it was kind of disappointing. And then Daniel Purifoy has been such a conundrum since he's been back with the team, not being able to play, then coming back and not playing at all, not earning that time. And now with Austin Miley out, he's getting a lot more minutes. He had 19 minutes tonight, and I don't think that they were very good minutes. And I just we, – we have seen Daniel Purifoy play really good basketball, and we're not seeing that right now. So I think that this this team right now has a lot going for it and a lot going against it. And it's it's not perfect, but you know, a, a good coach can play through these things and win a couple more games. And I think Bruce Pearl is a very good coach and will do just that. 
Well, we can just pack it up right there. I think you tackled the whole issue right then. Uh, but sadly, we're going to still go into it a little bit more here. And just to kind of you're going to make me do this longer and you're still not paying me. You know, you, I, I wish I could pay myself, especially to watch type of games like that tonight that I watch. Uh, but just to take a step back there from the question from Gabe, we're not saying that Gabe is in that camp at all. Just kind of when we hear those type of questions, sometimes that's kind of the world that is, it comes into is the more pessimistic style of our But I do think it is a valid question from Gabe is, do you think the team just kind of thought they were going to waltz in? And the reason I don't believe that we just bought into the hype, maybe some of us did, but they didn't ju- just buy it into the hype and think they were going to walk over everybody is because you've seen flashes of greatness you saw this team take on the number well at the time the number one team well i guess it was number four then i keep kind of digressing here it was a very good duke team highly ranked duke team and will be up at the top the entire season has the best player in college basketball and go toe to toe with them we saw them dominate other teams that are very good we saw them go toe to toe with kentucky you know and we're going to see what happens with this number one Tennessee team right now. They are going to probably be buying for that spot all year long. This team has the ability to beat anyone on any given night. It just seems that everything has to go right for that to happen. Um, so that is the frustrating part. I think that's where some of these questions come from. But it's a great question by Gabe. And if anybody else in uh, previous or new next shows, next games, wants to have a comment or question brought in here, Feel free to put them in there on the discussions uh, group, and we'll uh, consider putting them in the next show. Moving on, though, let's discuss this game in a little bit more detail. This was the return of Anthony McLemore back to the site of his injury. Do you think that played into his head at all in this game? No, not at all. It wasn't. didn't seem to be an issue. Um, I think that there were other factors that Anthony just couldn't get into a rhythm, and and... I know you were incredibly frustrated with the officiating and, and I was annoyed with it too. And it just seemed like it kept Anthony on, you know, just not being able to do what he does. He, he and Horace both just couldn't play strong defense underneath the goal. And, and that's what they've both become really good at. And I mean, you saw it, Anthony got really frustrated and, uh, Somebody else on Twitter mentioned it to me that it just seems like Anthony loses his mental game when he starts getting called like crazy and and just gets really frustrated. And I mean, we Anthony has always been said to be one of the nicest, easygoing kind of guys in the world, and he gets called for a delay game penalty, which I don't think even means anything in this sport. <laughs> but. Um, you know, he got called for, I think it was just a out of bounds, which it was the, the right call. And he just walks away with the ball. <laughs> like that's, that's not Anthony McElmore. I think that, you know, we thought that the, was it the Texas A&M game that he just went on fire and, and played incredibly well. We thought that was going to be the turning point for him, but it just hasn't. And I think that we were definitely seeing a sophomore slump for Anthony right now. Well, I would say that it was it was the turning point for him until Austin Wiley got injured. Now, I think I never want to say that one player should affect that team that greatly, but I I don't think you can take away the the talent, the what he does for this team and having to force other players to play different roles that they're maybe not necessarily as comfortable in, which is what I think you saw happen to Horace and Anthony getting pushed around tonight and 
Colin Fowles. And so let me just let me just come on. Let me calm down here for a second. Normally on this show, Clint is the one that has a ref rant. Tonight, it is my turn. And I am very upset with this game. I never want to try to insinuate that a ref fixed the game or tried to do something in a way, call fouls purposely on one team or the other. However, tonight, I can say definitively, and I think Clint agrees with me here, that the refs affected the outcome of the game tonight. Do you agree with that? I I, I think so. And to me, what's more surprising is who the officiating crew was. I have seen many games officiated by Dud Shows and Pat Adams, and I think that they're both really good officials. And, of course, everybody's going to disagree with a call or two, but I think these two are... Much well to put it simply, they're better than TV Teddy, and <laughs> it's not hard to so do. Is, <laughs> so is my dog, <laughs> and um, but Jason Baker, this this guy, I, I had never seen him before, um, so I can't say much about him. But to what was that? I think it was at the fifteen fifty mark, almost sixteen minutes to go on the first half. Auburn had nine fouls. Yes, <clears throat> and regardless of free throws or that number itself, that puts Auburn in a really bad spot, individual fouls, especially with Wiley out. And it just didn't make sense to me, the type of calls that they were calling. I mean, I remember I went to the Auburn-Illinois game in what was then Phillips Arena the day after the 2013 SEC Championship game, and TV Teddy was calling that game. And we were me and like three other students that actually cared about the game showed up and we were just talking to Teddy's like, how do you call this? So, well, how do you think the ball went that way? And that came into my mind watching this game. How do you think Anthony McElmore, Horace Spencer, Bryce Brown and Jared Harper each ended up on the, on the floor multiple times. You can call it a flop and a sold charge all you want but when the ball is 15 feet away and they're on the floor i don't think so that's that's a bad call that's a missed call to me um you know mentioned it that anthony couldn't get into a rhythm on the defensive end with i mean he's guarding silva who i mean just give this guy a heisman trophy at this point um but silva kept hooking players and was playing much more physical defense than than they were being allowed to play on him. And I just, I mean, Silva somehow ended up with four fouls. It took him forever to get foul number two. But I do think that if this game would have been called equally, that Silva would have had five fouls probably around halftime, just I mean, the way that it was being called on Auburn. And and I, I don't like, as much as we do complain about the officiating on this show, I don't like doing it. Well, but and let me say this to, to your point, Clint. It's bad. Yeah. It was nine Auburn fouls to two South Carolina fouls in under five minutes. To your point, we do, and have in the past more so than we do now, talk about how much we dislike the refs a, a, a lot. I admit that. But we've tried, especially this season, we have not done that a lot, um, to my knowledge. Now, it could be corrected on my part. But tonight, there is no question about it that the refs determined 
certain aspects of this game and kind of set Auburn up for a very bad situation. I'm sorry. 9,000 less than five minutes is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. This Auburn team has played sloppy at times. They played a little undisciplined at times. If you had told me five, maybe six in five minutes, I'd still be shocked. But hey, that's a little, I can let it slide. But nine fouls. In- I mean, it's it's amazing that this wasn't a four-hour game the way they started the game, blowing their whistles every step. And I felt and, like other games were like that too. Yeah. Um, it's just, whether it's orange and blue glasses, whether it's the untrained eye of a standard fan in the stands, I couldn't tell you, but it does seem like quality of officiating just continues to go down. Well, tonight, TV Teddy actually looked really good. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wish we had TV Teddy tonight, which is I never thought I would say that. Um, anyway, about kind of using the fouling situation and lack of fouling to segue on to someone we should give uh, a little bit of credit to for having an outstanding game. We already talked about him being probably just given the Heisman at this point, even though it's a different sport. Chris Silva has a career night in pretty much every stat category uh, that I can remember. 32 points, 14 rebounds, and 31 minutes of play. Again, it did take him a long time to get four personal fouls. And even the commentators on TV were saying, you know, this is interesting. Normally by now he has about three and he's only got one. So when they're even noticing it, they can tell you something's up. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Silva. I mean, he's a great player. He's been around for a while. It's another one of those players, for some reason, just sticks around at South Carolina and won't go away. But credit to him. The same time, you think that maybe he got a little bit of a favored uh, calls tonight in in terms of that. But I was very impressed with times the way he manhandled Auburn's front court. Yeah, uh, Silva is a fantastic athlete and has done really well against Auburn the past couple of years, but I don't think he's this great. Um, this season hasn't been his best. I think they showed a draft that he's only averaging 15 points or so a game, and he doubled it. And, <clears throat> you know, it's it does seem like no matter what sport, average and slightly above average players seem to have career outings against Auburn. And... <clears throat> You know, I, I personally think that South Carolina and Silva had a little bit of an advantage in the officiating, and they took full advantage of it. And credit to them. And absolutely. You know, if you see an opening like that, you go for it. And Silva absolutely did that. And, I mean, hey, I think I could have had 15, 20 points in a game like this. <laughs> I'd love to see that, Clint, and you probably are not yeah, me far. me too. I don't <laughs> know if I can run up the court right now. <laughs> probably not far from the truth on that. Uh, but yeah, great game by Silva. Um, I, I can't remember if we're playing them again this season or not. I hope not because I don't want to have to play them again after that. Although now I kind of want some revenge, but this was supposed to be the revenge game for Anthony McLemore last year. We're just going to stop with the revenge and just play basketball from now on. How about that? Nice. Um, Let's talk about this, though, and I think this is a question that's on your mind and something that you're kind of thinking through. Did Frank Martin, the head coach of South Carolina, outcoach Bruce Pearl tonight? And moreover, did he outcoach Bruce Pearl in the last couple of meetings? I think so. And I, I will say this to start off. I think that Coach Pearl made a fantastic decision moving to a zone defense tonight. Auburn was getting beat, man. 
And Auburn even got beat the first possession, maybe the first couple of possessions when they went to his zone D. And they stuck with it, and it continued to be successful for the Tigers. Um, I think that it's no secret, and many people had discussed it before, that um, Bruce is not the best in-game adjuster. And I I think that it just shows in in a couple of games like this. And... um, I think that I think in the Frank Martin Bruce Pearl matchup that Bruce is really good at preparation, but Frank excels in in game management, and I think that it really has played a part. I think you can throw out last year's season finale where Auburn ran away at the very end to to clinch the SEC title. You can throw that game out because it's definitely an outlier and the last couple of games between Auburn's Pearl and Carolina's Martin Frank has definitely outcoached Bruce Pearl and it's not the first coach to do that to Pearl and see I'm on the opposite side of you of this when I take a look at this game in context I don't think you can say that Bruce Pearl was outcoached by Frank Martin because the refs did play such a huge factor into the game and the bad calls. However, I will concede the fact that maybe the past few games in this series with Bruce Pearl and Frank Martin that he has been outcoached because I, I'm having trouble thinking of, besides that outlier game that you just discussed, places where Bruce clearly showed he was ahead in terms of coaching in all aspects of Frank Martin. Now, there's a lot of factors, moving parts in play for why all this is struggling right now. Austin Wiley having to you know start the season without him get him back in, add D'Angelo Purifoy to the mix, lose Austin Wiley. This team's makeup has changed more than I can even imagine for how frustrating it is for them to try to learn how to function like that again. And in the middle of SEC play, mind you, let's think about that during a time when the SEC play right now is probably at its highest level of competition, at least at the top tier. Uh, But I would say even mostly across the conference here. So it's really difficult for Auburn to figure out some of these things with all these moving parts in place. So I would just caution Auburn fans that, yes, it's okay to be frustrated right now. But again, you're looking at an Auburn team that's 13-5, and had a great non-conference play, only lost to Duke, only lost to NC State, has a lot of SEC uh, games left to play. And so what if we don't lose or we don't win the regular season conference title? We saw how, like you said, Clint, we saw how well that worked out for us last year. Let's just... Take it game by game. Let these guys figure it out. Because Austin Wiley, as far as we know, is going to be added back to the mix. There's a lot of basketball left to be played. And I know I'm always Mr. Pollyanna here on the show and on our network. But, it's you know, you don't have to agree with that, Clint. But I think there is a lot of positivity left to be had in this team right now and to not be so uh, frustrated here. But is there anything positive that you can take away from this, Clint? I wouldn't even ask you, is it a complete game? Because I know that's just a wash. But anything <laughs> positive that you can take away from it? Uh, free throws, if you wanted to tuck at that stat. But, you know, I I think it's slowly becoming a meme in itself and a joke in itself. But I do love the fight in this team. And I said it last game, and I've said it many times, and I will continue to say it. I have sat through games in which players teams and even the head coach minutes into the game have just quit and not shown any desire to continue to fight and 
<clears throat> that was the most upsetting thing that I have ever seen to watch a coach just quit on his team as soon as the ball, ball game started. And that's why I enjoy seeing this team fight like they did. To be down 11 when it felt like it was 15 or 20 points and to just keep fighting when everything was against you, it felt like, that's such an enjoyable thing for me to watch. Regardless if it turns into a win or not, I think is a separate story. But <clears throat> Auburn always fights. And that's the best thing that I can always look into these. And I, I will be the first one to say on this show, otherwise, if an Auburn, if that, if this Auburn team did not fight in a game, but I don't think I'll have that opportunity to say it. See, I knew you had this in you, Clint. I knew there was some positivity in you. You're, you're starting to rub off on me, and I don't like it. I don't know that it's me rubbing off on you, Clint. It's just the fact that you have a successful program now to be, you know, happy about and to look back on now that we're not losing more games than we win. Uh, nonetheless, though, we'll, let's pack this one, put it aside, and uh, we'll hopefully not have a further losing streak. But to do that, we have to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, which are currently ranked number 22 in our next game. That game will be played this Saturday, the 26th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the SEC Network, the late game for the Auburn Tigers. Mississippi State comes in at 14-4, 2-3 in SEC play currently. So, Auburn and Mississippi State, very similar paths to where they are now. Successful non-conference, struggle a little bit into SEC play. This one, Clint, I think is we talked about the Kentucky game and Auburn game was to decide who was number two in the SEC at the time. This one is to decide, for me, who belongs in the top tier as of this moment in the season. Yeah, I think so. And we talked about it a little earlier uh, before we started recording, but Auburn and Mississippi State are sitting right there at the bottom or at the, the split in the SEC tied with. Alabama and Florida and I, I think Auburn and State are the better of those four teams and whichever one wants to jump up out of that seventh place <laughs> in the conference it's it's going to be a, a fight to, to stay above water I think. Well when you look at the SEC standings right now Tennessee on top LSU right behind them I'm still not convinced LSU is as good as they look right now but I've been proven wrong so we'll just wait to see when we play them Kentucky yes Ole Miss yes I'm not sold on South Carolina so I do believe that Auburn and Mississippi State belong ahead of them in terms of perception what we've seen them produce throughout the year however you can't argue with what South Carolina was able to do to us at home but looking at this Mississippi State game Yes, this is the battle to belong. Who see who belongs in the top tier there. The problem that I have, Clint, and I've not seen us have a lot of su sustained success on the road, and we have to go to Starkville to get this game. And I think that's why optimistic Kyle is being a little bit more pessimistic when it comes to this game. Can you give me anything to feel good about when we're facing this Mississippi State team? No. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just looked at their roster, and I didn't realize that these two guys are still here. But we got to deal oh, with no. the Weatherspoon brothers. Oh. Quinn Derry. No, don't and, say it. And poor Nick. <laughs> no, I just realized who you're going to talk about after you said that. Not Quinn Derry. Oh. And Nick. Somehow they came from the same family with those two names. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
But Quindary's having a great season, averaging just about 17 points a game, eight rebounds and nearly three assists. And I mean, he's a 83% shooter, and and I think that he's going to be. You know what? I'm just Quindary Weatherspoon's going to have a career game against Auburn because why the heck not? <laughs> you just want to go ahead and call it now so you can be right. That's all this I is. I don't like being right on those things. Hey, you hate making predictions, so you need to stop this right now, or you're else you're going to be good at them. <laughs> Uh, but that's that's a really safe pick there. Quindary was great last year and gave Auburn fits. It's probably going to happen again. Um, I just hope that if we are going to let someone have a great game, whether it be a Chris Silver or a Quindary Witherspoon, that we not struggle as so much. And even if we face obstacles like poor officiating, uh, poor shooting, that we find other ways and we don't let ourselves – get too far. I think that's the key for this game, as you've already brought up throughout our analysis of the past game, is don't give a 10-point deficit to them at any point in the game and just kind of sit there kind of hovering around that. And, you know, that may happen, but this team has showed bounce, uh, back ability, ability to fight back. If you want to look for reasons to maybe be encouraged, I mean, their non-conference schedule, while they have a good results, only one loss at Arizona State... You know, Clinton and I looked at this, and we're struggling to find a signature, signature win. I would say Dayton, 65-58, to 58 is a good win for them. Cincinnati, 70-59. to 59. You know, There's people that would probably throw BYU into the case there, and they have a Florida win. But when we got into conference play. But I don't really see when you look at who they've played, it's kind of understandable that they had such a great non-conference schedule, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, that's that's not the same quality schedule that Auburn had um, but it's I mean I think it's a decent one you've played good teams like or good names like Arizona State, Dayton Clemson, Cincinnati and I I don't know who else <laughs> I, would I mean, probably there's, throw there's Long Beach State in there but I mean it's Austin P and Hartford Wofford Wofford and Wright State. Wright State and Nice and Alcorn State. It's like it's not the best quality names on a schedule, and you know you you can. I, I think that we might see the difference in scheduling show Saturday in this game against Auburn, and and I hope that we do, yeah. and that Auburn actually shows up and and plays well, because um, I think if Auburn does play well, you're going to see a big difference in talent and scheduling mentality well and then if you even just look past when you see the split for them from non-conference to starting sec they struggle against south carolina they struggle yeah. against Ole miss they get a win against a decent florida team they get a good win against the one of the bottom feeders right now in vanderbilt who doesn't have a conference win and then they get beat convincingly by kentucky here i think that is a good sign for what you say here that non-conference and scheduling could really be a sign of where the two teams are right now and who is for real. So that's the big question we're going to answer in the game Saturday. Who belongs in the top tier at this point in the season? And hopefully that will be Auburn. Before we get out of here, Clint, let's give our contact information. They can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. Where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24. And you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database at AuburnUniforms.com. Thank you again to Gabe Allen for submitting a question in our group on Facebook. And remember, if you would like to be a part of the show, that we're always looking for comments and questions to include in our analysis of the game. Come on over there to the Facebook group, Auburn Tigers Discussions, and be part of the show. 
And that's all we have for you in this edition of Inside the Jungle. But until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you? <laughs>